everybody for fit podcast here it's another day in the life we're trying to figure out who's driving the fucking clown car tonight um, and, uh, no doubt is it bill is it john we got the wild one got podcast. we've got the j-lo we've john. got big john stud wild bill Yep. Metal Matt, that's me. Good to have B-Ball back. Is it? Is it good? But is it? But it? But is it really good for Sixers fans? Twenty-point win on the road in the season, not too shabby. But hey, yeah, it's obviously a train wreck over there and uh, at the Wachovia Center when you. Dismantle the team on opening the night. Court, but hey, I know that's the Core Center. <laughs> we got different standards. So, you know, you know, all teams can't be two and four like the guys that walked in at the link. And and so and we're, we're not gonna start off comparing Eagles to Sixers. It's not even close. It's not. Because the I Sixers think Bill's, I think Bill's right trying now. to I think that's what Bill might be trying to do right now. Well, I mean it's if we want to, one's a winning playoff franchise and one hasn't been in the playoff in years. So I don't, you know, they're what, not really. What, when's the last time the Sixers won a, won a championship? 1983, uh, was it, Matt? Right. That's right. That's 1983. Right. We, we knocked on the door in 2001. We all knew that was a, that was a, a pipe dream. Yeah, listen, I took, mean. Took one. Took one. <laughs> I don't think anybody has, you know, super excitement for the Sixers team, but. Still have Joel Embiid, an MVP candidate. You still have a couple good role players, and you know, I mean, it's still it's still a fifty win team. It's just the, when the playoffs comes, you know, that's going to be the issue if we don't. I guess obviously by then, hopefully the Ben situation is squared away. But I don't think that situation is going away anytime soon, though. It looks like they're 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 hanging him out to dry and finding him for every penny that he's worth. Yeah, and like the GM's already said, like, hey man, we don't care. It'll, it can take four years. We don't care. We're trying to win. So, you know, that's the shot right across the agent's bow and, and, and Ben's bow. Cause it's like, if Ben is doing this without Rich Paul saying to do it, Rich Paul's got to get rid of him because Rich Paul is going to start looking like a clown to any other potential clients. They've already brought up and Jesse dropped this in about five episodes ago, but you know, it was all it's in the weeds, but Tyrone brought it up today on the on the on the Miss Show that it's pretty much known throughout the owner circles. The Ben Simmons, this situation has blown up the CBA. Like yeah, this is literally kryptonite. So now there's going to be clauses out the wazoo for any kind of shenanigans. So the whole league can thank Ben for messing with their chicken. Well, and and they were asking Silver about that, and he was. Like my my man should have been on Dancing with the Stars the way he was like juking I out mean, of those the, out of that. Well, I'll tell you what, that's where Ben Simmons is going to be in about two years. And he's I mean he's, it's crazy. The guy's getting paid one hundred and fifty million dollars to show up and play basketball, and he's fucking bitching about it. Like like seriously, in a pandemic where people you know one hundred you get paid thirty eight million dollars to show up and dribble a basketball. You don't got to shoot it. No one cares. Yeah. Just show up and dribble. But well, some yeah, of us care if he shoots the, it or the, not. 
the fact that like when you listen to what Adam Silver was saying in that interview where he was just like, well, you know, I don't know if we're going to need clauses and, you know, these things. But like the way he, the double talking he was doing to try to get away from that. Oh, he's in the hot seat. He's in the hot seat. Well, he yes, he is. But like to, to Bill's point and what they were talking about today with Tyrone, like it's absolutely going to blow the CBA up. Like if you're the owners at this point and you're pissed, you're that pissed off. What do you do? You lock the gates on every arena. Yeah. I mean, it's these guys are going to see it's it's simple. Like like they said, it day one with Ben. I know some people think he's playing chess. I think I don't think Ben has the aptitude for checkers even. But see what happens if you want to dig in against the billionaires. If you're a millionaire, mm-hmm. you deep pockets. I mean, the, well, for most of these guys, this is a hobby. Josh Harris <laughs> could wipe his ass with the Sixers and Devils. It's well, the and, for his for whatever reason he wants to own the team. So. Well, and and like these guys, a lot of these guys anymore, they're they're burning money as quick as they can make it. So like, yeah, if I mean, Benny bought an eighteen million dollar house. Now I'm not saying he paid eighteen million cash for it, but you know he's and he he don't live a very modest. Like Alvin Kamara talks about it, he 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 pays himself like seventy five thousand dollars a year to live. And the guy, you know, the, he back because he's he's he going the Mar- Marshawn Lynch way, so he can retire and have his chicken when he's done. But Ben's going the opposite. Ben spent seventy five grand on a weekend to buy a new Ferrari, like every weekend. So. Yeah, like it's it's gonna be like the and the, I think the owners know because you've got especially in the NBA you've got such a disparity from the the elite guys on these max money deals and then the bench guys. And all you need to do is get enough of these bench guys to, to be willing to buckle to what. Well, that's what happened with the, with the COVID bubble in Orlando when they were talking about walking out when the stuff was happening, like the social unrest stuff and some of the guys that like the Kyries and stuff wanted to walk out. The Mike Scotts of the world who talked about having three kids with a couple women was like, I need my game check. I ain't going nowhere. Like, mm-hmm. and it's like, it's like you, you see it right, Jesse. Majority of guys are on minimum or above minimum contracts to where they're living check to check, man. This is their job. Like, they, they don't have, they're not on MTV Cribs. You know, they're not Kyrie or James Harden. There's only 15, 20 guys like that. You know, the other 200 dudes, you know, are grinding this out. Yes, they're millionaires. But, you know, it's, it's, you know, so it's not, you're right. It's, you know, this is, and I, and I think the thing that I said it before and, and I'll say it again, it's if any, like I haven't heard one player in any capacity come to Ben's defense to be like, you no. know what, man, he deserves to play where he wants to play. It's, you know, he's a free, every, not one person is saying anything, which is just such like, I, I, I can't believe Ben has the audacity to keep doing this is all. I just, well, I just. He's getting mocked in like, like rap songs now. I, I hear about that. I mean, he's commercials. I forget what. Com- I think I shared it in the group chat. Like commercials are starting to to make fun of him, and like brands are starting to make fun of him as like the butt of jokes on Twitter and on social media. Like, this isn't going the way that he thought it was gonna go. And you know, then to to segue real quick, like you have the opposite side with, you know, our future mayor, Jason Kelsey, who <laughs> comes out. Life, says, give, give him a lifetime mayorship. Sign oh, my up. God. It, it, you know, he's, he says today, you know, some say it's a hard place to play. 
I think it's fucking easy. Be accountable. Run hard to first. It's not that hard. And, you know, he, he went on and then he suplexes Simmons and he says it's all about a lack of accountability, a lack of owning up to mistakes and a lack of correcting things. If all that got corrected, if you're fixing three throws, if you're getting better as a player, none of this is happening. So everybody can bitch and complain about how tough the city is to play in. Just play better, man. The city will love you. And it's like it's not hard. We're not asking him to you know, go cure cancer. You're asking him every year when he's paid what he is as an elite player to just make the improvements in his game or at least put the put it out like he's trying to to get better. But all you see from Ben in his camp every year is these bullshit uh, videos from him shooting against dudes that have no interest in playing any sort of defense against them. LA he, fitness guys. Yeah, and he, he looks like he's fucking staff just shooting the fucking the 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 lights out, but that doesn't happen in game. And then today you you hear Oh, my back hurts. And the Sixers doctors ran him up and down. And were like, there's nothing wrong with his back. And Ben pieces out. And then now, granted, you know, Eskin has an, a ton of hate for Ben Simmons. Like John says that, like, I used to hate Howie Roseman, but Jesus Christ. Ro- or fucking Eskin, I don't know what Ben Simmons did. I don't know if he, like... I don't know if Eskins has has a daughter or a niece or whatever, and Ben made a pat like Eskin. It's fucking personal the amount of shit he talks on Ben. And Eskin came out today and he's like, I'm told that he's faking all the mental illness stuff. That now he's claiming that you know he really doesn't have the yips and he really is in his own head. Like, and it's all an act and it's all bullshit. It's like, well, didn't like didn't like towards the end. I might be wrong, but didn't towards the end of last season, I think during the playoff run. Eskin tried to blatantly ask, like, call Ben Simmons. Like, he tried to get to the bottom of it real quick with even with Doc Rivers, and Doc Rivers basically told him to shut the, shut up. Like, yeah, in a press conference, like him and him and Rivers had words. Like Rivers at the time was still, you know, Doc was still, you know, de- defending Ben um, and trying to just, you know, you know, stick to the game and what happened in the in the play is what's happening in the playoffs, but. Eskin was trying to get to the bigger picture, and and I think um, I think it's just been brewing ever since then. So um, I think pro- Howard is, probably has a, a a little bit of a vendetta against not only Ben but maybe the Sixers as an organization right now, just to blast them, you know. Oh yeah, but like if if he's saying that and that's not true, Eskin yeah. comes off looking like an absolute piece of shit. With yeah. what's going on right now, like when you've got guys that so, you know, you cover the Eagles. Now we know that Lane has a lot of mental health things that he's fighting through. Brandon Brooks has stuff that he's fighting through. So, like, you're in that locker room around those guys and you're talking shit now about mental health. So, like, bro, you better be right on this because the, the fucking Eagles players aren't going to have any of it with him and his bullshit if it comes out that Eskin was wrong on that, like. It's, Ben's, it, Ben's, yeah. Ben, Ben's faking everything, dude. He's, I mean, he was liking posts over, you know, before training camp about getting fined and, you know, like, you know, you know, he just bought a house in Los Angeles. You know, he's still, you know, I don't know if he's doing this video game shit. The, uh, Simo, the savage is his screen name or something. 
Is, I, he had that thing on the wall. I don't know if that's his handle or something. You see that in his house in Morristown? Mm-hmm. He had that thing on the wall. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't. I mean, I I, I think I, I think he's desperate. I know there are shams. Manara, one of our colleagues, was reporting that um, uh, that based, you know, I just touched on it a second ago, but Clutch is not on board with this. These antics, they're all about, you know, demanding a trade as soon as possible. But you know, this is just like you said, Jesse. This is a bad look. Like, like teams aren't going to want to deal with your clients. And yeah, you have AD and LeBron, but you know, you need 20, 30 other, 40 other guys, you know, for your business. And why are they going to come to you when your, your place is just full of drama? Like, so it's it just bad. I mean, this is just bad business on every level. So, I mean, I think, I think Daryl going on the, the Mikey Miss show was just to fire back at Ben and his people, his camp or whatever, to be like, listen, like, we'll, we'll, we'll I, I believe Daryl. And when he says that he would do the, hold this out for a year or two, because, you know, what's the point of giving him up for a Malcolm Brogdon who can't stay healthy or a B-level player? Like, just trade for somebody, get, get that player anyway with something else. Just keep Ben around, fuck it, you know, and try again next year, maybe in the offseason or whatever. But I and, think, it's the, and that's the exact thing that's going to drive him nuts. Yeah, like, I mean, at this point, you, he, he won't get any more game checks. No, so. he's going to get – it's going to bury him. Is what and, it's gonna do. and you mean they already say they talked about it. I know Antoine Walker was talking about it on one of the ESPN shows that like like this shit matters to owners. Like they don't want to write big checks to guys they got to worry about. You know, being all in on their program and you know why is Detroit or uh, you know Minnesota any team going to give up anything of value because they're going to say why won't Ben do this in six months? Because I want to be here either. Like so it's it's just so it just it just shows how immature and I guess. I know one of you guys, I think it was Jesse, sent the text. I can't, I can't, I, I can't get my head at uh, LSU breakdown by the sky. Like, that was like some of the most fucked up shit I've ever seen. That like just questioning his character as like the number one overall pick in the draft and just being like, yeah, you don't show up in big games because he really don't give a shit. So it's like, I mean, it's just. I guess we all thought maybe that would change being a professional, and but it just seems that. You know, like like Sabathia said, like he thinks he's LeBron James. Like, dude, you ain't shit. Like, you play defense really good because you're big and athletic. But other than that, you're not, you don't do anything great. I mean, I mean why did they think one. that Brett was gonna fix that? I mean, what? I think they just thought maybe because Brett was in his circle a little bit more, like just perhaps I don't think in a circle, maybe necessarily putting it that way, but having family ties and knowing Ben, they probably thought that bet Brett was in his safe space kind of where maybe he would listen. But apparently, you know, like you said, it's, you know, when you hand a kid, John always says it when you hand a kid, $2,500 million kind of reinforces any behavior they've been doing. So why are they going to change? You know, they got a hundred million dollars. I mean, look at Carson Wentz, you know, I mean, he, yeah, he's playing a little bit better now, but you know, he's been hurt how many times already in five games and, you know, it just seems to be whatever, but it's, you know, it's, you pay these young guys a lot of money and, uh, you know, it's, I guess, buyer beware. I, I think that there's, I, I think the story is, is bigger than anyone's even about to make it up to be. I think there's culpability on both sides. I think that, I think that people that aren't blaming the Sixers for this are, are insane. Um, I think that Ben certainly has a piece of this pie 
but the Sixers have allowed this to happen for close to five years. Um, whether it's, you know, going back to what Jesse said about Jason Kelsey and, and, and getting better and working on those things. And if your coaches, your organization, your bosses aren't holding you accountable, aren't, you know, putting your feet to the fire to get better through multiple, multiple general managers, co- head coaches, um, I think it's, I think it's kind of, it's why I joke about how it's a clown show, but it's, it's proved nothing but that since they marketed a idea of tanking. Um, And this is just the beginning of the demise that I think that the Sixers are headed towards until this ownership group either sells the team or wipes house I don't see this stuff getting any better because they are they are putting all their eggs in the basket of these guys who they drafted in the top three, five picks in the last five years, and not one of them. And everyone will say, well, what about Joel? He's got question marks too. Um, none of them have worked out. You know, we argue here about, well, is Joel being an MVP player? Well, he played like it last year. But that's the first year that he played like an MVP player. Ben Simmons was a rookie of the year, according to pundits. But I think we can all argue that he probably didn't deserve that. Um, there are multiple all-stars on both the, on this team. And, and for what? For now, a $200 million max player who in the last four years, because I'm not going to include this year right now, has not gotten better, has been coddled, hasn't been held accountable. And now you realized last year that you were maybe at the point to trade him and didn't pull the trigger. And at the end of the season, when he still wasn't shooting, still wasn't getting any better per se, um, does what he does. And now we're in this predicament. So I, I, I'm not going to sit here and defend Ben Simmons for what he's done. I do think it's a brilliant chess move that he showed up this week to practice because how brilliant it, is it, Johnny? He hasn't got one paycheck since he showed up. Because if he doesn't show up, he looks like a dick. Now he shows. Right, he looks like a he looks like a well, dick either way. I mean, well, I mean, again, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? So he shows up and says, "Hey, I'm here here to get my COVID test." Cool. I guess you're showing up to practice the next day. He shows up to practice the next day. Of course, he's disengaged. And what happens? He gets suspended. Now, tomorrow we'll find out. There's a there's a, a shoot around in the morning, I think, or the afternoon before the before the game. We'll find out if he's going to show up. So, yes, the chess move here for him is I need to be a big distraction to this organization for as long as I can for them to be like enough scratching this itch. I will take – you know, quote unquote, washing machines for this guy just to get him out of town. And that's what I was telling you guys. This, although Dower Mori gets on the radio and says this is going to happen for four years. Now, this is the same general manager who's saying, I want to do everything I can to win a, a, a championship. Yet you're going to you're going to basically create a clown show for the next four years. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. I, I understand where the value of Ben Simmons is right now. 
But at the same token, why do you want this black cloud over your team who, you know, after one game, okay, looks great. After one game, great, wonderful. They played a good game. But, you know, if you're going to create a championship team, this shit cannot be anywhere near this. Well, this John, is not something that can happen. The, the other issue is that nobody's touched on is, let's say it takes two years to trade Ben Simmons to get a good offer where they're finally willing to, to let him go. Now, in that two years, Ben Simmons probably won't get paid. All right, cool. But that doesn't mean the $30 million a year isn't going to count on the cap. So the Sixers are going to be field, field, fielding a roster with the $30 million. It's basically what the Eagles are doing right now with, with Carson Wentz and Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson and all of these other guys that aren't on the team anymore and we're still paying them. It's the same, it's the same situation. It's, it's, it's very similar to that when you, when you look at the Carson and Ben thing. The difference that, the difference that I see is that you know, Carson had a value – Yes. Where if they didn't pull the trigger at that time and he played this year and looked even worse, I mean, you'd be lucky to get a second for him. Well, the, we should have traded Ben. We should have traded Ben at the all-star break last the, year. But the, but John, it's the, and the other issue is like basketball, you don't have as many guys. So like a $30 yeah. million hole on a basketball roster is huge. That's why that, on a NFL roster isn't as bad. That's why rather than staying home in LA, and then just keep finding me because I'm not showing up. Now I look like I'm showing up, whether I'm disinterested or not, you're going to find me more. And so now you're sort of looking like a bad guy a little bit, which, you know, whatever. But if he keeps showing up to shoot arounds before every game and is disinterested, are the Sixers going to just keep finding this guy and doing this and doing this and doing this? That to me is not worth it when we, when we sit here and we say, and Daryl Morey says, we're going to do this for four years. That is that is insane to think that you would single out the one person who's being a problem and let him con- and continue, continually let him take over. And that's the whole thing with him. And that's the whole thing that I've gotten on him for years with Brett Brown. Brett Brown coddled him, the shooting. We sat in Bill's basement and it was, this guy needs to shoot. This guy needs to shoot. This guy needs to shoot. The guy doesn't shoot. And that was happening two years ago. So to let him continue to be this distraction, I think, is, is, is unfair to the team. Whether or not everyone on the team agrees with it or whatnot or is, is, is in unison and is trying to have a little bit of a camaraderie, yeah, this like is what, still going like, to be a black cloud. Whether they say it's a distraction or not, it is to some Correct. degree. I mean, because well, think and, about it. If, if all four of us were supposed to, you know – show up to shoot around and I just stroll in there, you know, 30 minutes late or whatever. Fashion right there. I mean, that's, that was <laughs> every a, Thursday night for five years. Deep, couple gin and tonic deep. Let's soup it up boys. Exactly. Hey, let's so, up, hey. I, I mean, at that point, I mean, you'd kind of be like, yo, get this guy. And then what you don't want to have happen now with Joel Embiid being the leader as he's acting good for him, hat tip, but you don't want Ben Simmons to come in here and then start like throwing an elbow at practice or causing something where Joel's going to fight him or Doc's going to fight him. He or... got the ball to do that. But Be but passive. it, it, it should, my point, Bill, is yes, we that wouldn't happen, but it shouldn't. We shouldn't let it get to that. And that's that's where I'm getting at with this. The more yeah. you keep trying to play this game, the, you're going to get burned. 
And unless they say hard stop, listen, Rich Paul, unless you go out now, you do the whole, you want Ben out of here. Ben wants to be out of here. You go do the work and get us a guy that we think is in this range, whether it's a, you know, you must have point guard from, you know, X amount of points per game, whatever it is, whatever the stipulations are, you go out and get it because right now we don't have that. Like they do it in football all the time. Zach wants a trade. Great. Have your agent call around five teams call around. They say, listen, we're interested. And then that gets the ball rolling. But at this but point, I think the problem is that might very well might be happening right now, John, but the problem is everyone has the, the last memory of Ben Simmons on a basketball court is getting, you know, getting, getting smoked by Trey young. I mean, but right. They, but, but I the mean, issue here is, is not that they won't tr- see what Daryl said sort of put him on notice a little bit. He says, they're not going to trade him for pieces P- yeah. role players. I can think. Well, yeah. Or he yeah. wants a substantial star player in return. And that I think is what's going to be the demise of sort of the Sixers with this. The Sixers, we talked about it today. Kyrie Irving, you know, Darren Fox, Malcolm Brogdon. Um, guy, I'm going to throw guys like Russell Westbrook. I know he's not available, but the guys like that, point guards that you that that are superstar level, Lillard, Bradley Beal. Unless he's going to get something like that, he's not going to do it. So what is he going to do? He's going to handcuff the team. And, and year after year after year after year, after four years, he's not going to get anything for them. And what's the deal? He's just collecting the $200 million back? Well, that's not going to help you long-term to build a championship roster because in four years is, is uh, I don't know, I'm trying to think like Luka Doncic going to be ready to, to, to break away from the Mavericks and you could go throw $200 million at him? I don't know. So I kind of think you're like, you're sort of painting yourself in the corner. And I kind of feel like, Enough of the coddling, enough of the treating him like whatever, and just get the fucking rid of him. Like, but get the get what you can get. But John, the flip side is, if you don't, if you're the Sixers, and probably the league, if you don't at least make him squirm for a while. Nah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Okay. The the league, the league. I understand the CBA thing. The league isn't going to get involved with this. It's the league absolutely will. It's a six. Daryl said it today. It's a Sixers issue. It's a Sixers issue. Didn't the league get involved in, and basically kick a general manager off of this team before? Well, like I'm not fucking crazy. That happened. Yes, that did happen. Yes, I'm not going to deny so that. But the league know. did that, and then installed a puppet idiot and his kid that ran amok on this franchise. So they did that. You don't think they would then, on behest of the other owners, because, and I've said in the group chat, like, yeah, there's some cosmopolitan cities in this country that have teams, the LA's, the New York's, the the Phillies, Boston's, you know, Chicago, Detroit. But there's a lot of, like, mid-level cities that that have teams. And so, if you, if those those owners are probably like, this shit can't fucking fly. Because if I draft a guy number one overall, I'm terrible. I win the lottery and I draft a guy and you know, it's already happened. Zion, already happened. Zion Williams. No, no, the guy before that, Anthony Davis, it already happened. Number yes, one pick again, he did the but, same exact thing. And what yes. happened? Rich Paul said, Oh, I'm, Oh, Hey, Hey LeBron. Hey, I'm going to get you Anthony Davis. Cool. And look what happened. 
and the league didn't get involved with that. As as slimy as that is, the players' league. That's why. I mean, yes, but that's I, got something to do with it. And I and I see Jesse's point where you got to play hardball a little bit. You do, but but at this point, Ben Simmons is not on Anthony Davis's level. No, you understand what I'm Never saying? Will. Like Never you're will. trying to Never you're will. trying to change you're trying to trade the '96 Honda for the you know Mercedes SL Coupe. It's just not happening. You know. It's it's not it's not a comparable thing, and if he if he shot if he came if he came in this season and he pretended to shoot or at least tried, maybe someone could have you know bit. But at this point, the only way I see this, the only way I see this ending soon is if another team something detrimental to their franchise happens to where they're so desperate where they need to shake something up or. You get another crybaby player who's creating a similar nightmare, and they work out a deal to where it's like it's almost like the James Harden Houston thing. It's like, well, Harden would be happier where Ben is, and vice versa. So then they somehow work work out a deal. But like, I, I don't, you know, maybe and maybe that's why there was all this Kyrie talk. You know what I mean? But I just. I, I don't know. I, I hopefully I, you know, mid season, there's a team that's desperate enough to shake something up and, and this can't, this can't happen until mid season. This has to happen within the next like two or three weeks. It's got to, it's got to. And, um, and they're apparently, I don't, on the team, I don't see teams getting desperate unless there's like, God forbid, some sort of like crazy injury that happens somewhere that it's, you know, it's not the other teams though, Matt. I think it's the Sixers need to do this. If the Sixers want to compete, and they're a fifty-win team, as Bill says. Well, no, but, comp- but we need, but we need some team right now. No team's going to trade for Ben. He's not worth anything. His value is shit. Then, so, then Rich Paul needs to do his due diligence and so work the phones. Right, but what I'm saying is there needs to be something that happens to somewhere within the league or a franchise to where they are. You know, they're also are point guard goes down um you know and they need to shake something up and you know ben simmons you know for all his deficiencies and problems you know he he would he would be better than any of the bench spots that they have you know what i mean uh for the starting role and they work something out i I don't know Uh, There there has been talks i think it was today on the radio i heard that the houston rockets and john wall have come to the table and they said, listen, we're going to, I forget what it was, either they're going to forego buyout or whatever, and they're going to work on a trade for him. John Wall is a, you would argue, a a superstar, valuable player. That's someone that you could trade tomorrow for probably if, if at all, if, if parties were both. Yeah, but aren't, uh, aren't like my, aren't my knees in better shape than John Wall's knees? Well, I mean, that that's the problem, Jesse. Like now you, everyone's going to nitpick what – like, listen, you're not going to get LeBron James for uh, Ben Simmons. You're not going to get um, Kyrie we're not Irving. Get Damian, we're not going to get Damian Lillard. We're not going to get – Damian Lillard I, came out yesterday and said, I'm not leaving Portland. Yeah, I don't know we're why not going to get Bradley Beal. We're not going to get – you know, I, I don't even think we're even going to get a tier below those players for Ben Simmons at this point. Right. So that's why I'm saying like – Let's look – if you're the Sixers, 
let's look forward past even maybe Joel Embiid or, you know, four, maybe three years down the line and say, is there a young guy in the last two or three years, four years of draft that we really like that we think can be a building block forward? I understand everyone likes Maxi. We'll see. Maxi could be the guy. If that's the case, then let's find, you know, let's find a medium. Let's find a, let's find a four or maybe another, maybe a shooter, maybe a better shooter. Maybe a Clay Thompson's available. I doubt Clay Thompson's available. It's a shame that uh, what's his face that they traded on draft day isn't, you know, still on their team. Who's that? Bridges or whatever the fuck his name is. Well, he just signed a $90 million deal. I mean, like he's getting, he's getting bigger money. No, he was just he's on a he's on a bona fide like contending team. I mean, they just yeah. No, but my know. point is again, like the previous regime here fucked up and traded him. I, yeah, I, I mean, mean there, there's yeah, also I mean, like, I mean, he's not. I don't think he's lighting the world on fire himself, but he's just he found himself the right system where he could flourish. It, it's like. It's the same thing like how like Iguodala, like when he left us, he went to a program where they knew how to utilize him to his strengths. And I think that that's what Phoenix is doing with Bridges. You know, I mean, Bridges can't be the guy somewhere else where, you know, I don't think he'll ever he might make an all star team one day. We'll see. I don't know. I mean, but I mean, he'd be better. I mean, the Sixers would be better to have him on the team than. Oh yeah, he shoots the basketball and he's like willing to like show up and play games. Like yeah. who did they they the the guy that they traded to instead of him, right? Is that guy even still on the Sixers? Uh Zaire? Yeah. Yeah, Zaire. Yeah. No, he he is out of the league due to a rare al- allergic um reaction to he had some weird condition where I, I, screwed him up and looking at the 2022 free agent roster i guess you know you look at james harden as the number one free agent looking in 2022 you go okay do you sit on ben for a year and see if you can use him in a sign and trade i i don't know i i talk myself out of that like you know i just i just feel like when you you look at James Harden, Bradley Beal, Zach Levine, who I know Bill loves, DeAndre Ayton, you don't need him, Kyrie Irving, who's kind of a problem in, in himself, Russell Westbrook, who, you know, we'll honestly, I think, he works out. I think Kyle Lowry could have been the more realistic one for Ben. I mean, there's still a serviceable point guard who plays at a high level. Yeah, he's got a lot of miles on the, you know, on on the on on the engine but he's still got tread on the tires and i think i think we missed our window you know last year i mean he he's a guy who's locked up now and yep. I mean, that's that's what i mean you, like that's a great point like you look at the guys who who just signed with teams alonzo's uh demar DeRozan, um you you brought up lowry um jimmy butler back you know the heat and then westbrook at with the lakers like so then you have to look at the other guys here you know, do you want Kyrie? I mean, Kyrie seems like a problem to me. He's a um, problem, but he's when he's when he's 
willing to apply himself to basketball, he's a which, game changer. Which he I hasn't mean, done in the last two, three years. He hasn't done since he's been when since he won a chip with LeBron. Right. I mean, that was like the last time we really saw Kyrie be Kyrie. You know, like and, and Bradley Beal, like maybe. I mean, John Wall. I the, as much as the John Wall thing keeps coming up, John Wall seems like the almost. You know, more the most realistic. realistic solution to get us out of this, Correct. like, like Correct. get us out of this corner and whatever happens, happens, you know, um, I mean, it could breathe new life into John Wall's career. You never know, but yeah, it could turn into a, like a Derrick Rose situation. Exactly. You know? I mean, Derek, there's another one, Derrick Rose. I mean, he, we could have, we probably could have worked something out, you know, and packaged something to get Derrick Rose before he locked up with New York. Um, I, I like Mike Conley. Like, I'm really like just reaching. No, for I mean, no, lower John, tier I think, guys. But I think you're at the right tier now. I mean, we gotta forget about the, the these the Lillards and the and yeah. the you know that tier. Like, there's no way. There's just no way. And even if you get another team involved to help facilitate it, I mean, we've seen that done before. Um, I mean, I like think I said, had, if you get if you could get a guy you kind of maybe liking doc and coach up yep, and, and maybe like a veteran, you know, a, a guy off the bench that you can, can ball some can bang, you know, I, I'm not, I wouldn't be opposed to a guy like I hate to throw out a name like Thaddeus young, but like a guy who comes off the bench can grab some rebounds. I know we got Drummond, yeah. but like some, something else off the bench because I like, I like Matisse. Um, the, the, the uh, who's the, the, the shooter, the guy, Nang, yeah. Well, he's a good veteran that we brought in. Um, but we need like someone else, like off the bit. Like I was joked like, about Carmelo, but like something that second unit needs to have something. The other, the other scenario that I that I thought of too. I mean, you brought up Maxi. You brought up Matisse. Like it's almost like, unfortunately, maybe the other way to get us out of this situation is, unfortunately, you have you might have to package one of those guys with Ben to kind of sweeten the deal. Um, you know, unfortunately we'd hate to give up, you know, some of our young talent that we've drafted and hopefully, you know, could develop into something uh, and have a future with the franchise. But you know what, maybe, you, you know, you know, while they're young, you cut bait with them and you never know, they might not pan out the way that you thought that they would. Or if you, already having you know immediate doubts or early doubts with one of these guys maybe while their value is still kind of high and they're not injury ridden or anything like that it's like package them up with ben and and maybe you get a team that bites you know i don't know matisse is going to be due for a for a contract um so i mean he could be an odd man out but i mean he he seems like an okay player i mean you, you also look at the last couple drafts and Jesse mentioned Zaire Smith and, you know, um, like Matisse Matisse and and Maxi, like, okay, pieces. But then like, here you are a 50 win team. Now you go back to 10 years ago when you're drafting at, you know, 16, 17 in the draft and you're not going to, I mean, unless you hit and get a Giannis at, you know, 15 or whatever he was drafted at, you're kind of stuck in this conundrum again. And it's, it's, it's the cyclical cycle of NBA basketball. Where, you know, 
if you tank for five years and you get five number one picks, it just shows you that, you know, it's not Stranger always things can happen. It's not always the lottery ticket doesn't always win. You know what I mean? So it's, it, 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 I, I'm, 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 I'm upset for the fan, the, the diehard Sixers fans who were, were sold on the process and are the cult members of this, of this, you know, movement. And now it's turned into this because once they get rid of Ben, you got three years max of Joel, and then you're starting all over again. And and it's a shame because it was sold to be a master plan that seemingly on paper worked, but it it, it never panned out. And, and what I think if, what if Hinky stayed? That's like someone brought that up today, I think, on the radio, and I think they'd be in a much better place if he stayed. Like, would he have? Would he? Would he have picked Ben Simmons? I don't know. I mean, but then you look at the draft and you go, like, okay, would Andrew Wiggins been better? Like, no. But he's another one, though, John. Like, you got to start looking at like guys of that caliber, and that's just that's a shame, you know. It's not like two or three years ago when people were trying to court LeBron and Kevin Durant and like those guys are, you know, I don't think Kevin Durant's leaving Brooklyn. LeBron's got, you know, he's got a couple of years left. And then, you know, guys like Steph, are they really going to leave the Warriors? So like, what's the next, who's the next, is John Morant, is, is Luka Doncic the next superstars of this league? I mean, possibly, but they're going to be locked up. So you got to yeah. find your guy. And, and that's the, that's the shitty part. We thought that Ben and Joel right now, we'd be talking about them being the MVP and MB, MB3s of the league. And we're sitting here talking about a guy who doesn't want to play anymore and he won't shoot. It's like piss off. You know, I, I commend Joel for being a leader and stepping up, but you know, it's also taken Joel a little bit of time to, I guess, grow mature to sort of be that, be that guy. I wish he would have done that two or three years ago and really, you know, I think he was, I think he was honestly, I think he was still trying to figure out how to live in this country and figure a lot of stuff out. I mean, you know, let alone, and I think, I think becoming, becoming a father flipped a couple switches, you know, Um, if you, if you remember that I was going to pull up that sports illustrated, that I had in my desk drawer, but you know, the Jimmy Butler thing was, it was a whole, you look at that and you go, man, if, if you got rid of Ben and kept Jimmy, look at what position we would have been in now. You know what yep. I mean? We would have still had the two pieces and people argue about Jimmy Butler. I get it. You know, what does he want? But yeah, well, he, I, I don't think Tobias and Joel, he's also are. pulled his fair share of shenanigans other places too. So it's very true. You know, he, he could have been doing something, something very similar. You never know. Yeah. No, we got rid of Jimmy because Ben, because of Ben, I mean, that was a mistake. I mean, that's to what John said earlier about, he kind of backed off of it, but saying how, you know, this is a lot on the Sixers. I would say, yes, it would be more if they haven't made so many changes from that, I mean, yes, the Hinky thing was more a little bit out of their hands, but they got rid of Colangelo. You know, they basically let Brett try his hand at it. Didn't do a good job. They brought in Elton. Elton didn't really do much. He's not not he's not experienced enough. And then so now I guess I guess my hope is that somebody like Daryl can 
right the ship because I think I do. I, I think Josh Harris does realize that the process has been mismanaged and that we've had three, like you said, three top three picks and only one player is pinned out. Um, you know, two other players, Nerlens was the what number six or eight pick or something, you know, yeah. when started and you know, Okafor was the number four pick or you know, like the three or four pick. So, I mean, I think John's right in the sense that you know, we we didn't do a good job filling in. You know, we got one superstar, but the plan was to get one more, whether it's through trade. And I think Jimmy was our best shot because you keep bringing up guys like Luca, you know, and other free agents. The issue for Philly, and I think the, the reality is, you know, the, one of the reasons for the Ben Simmons standoff is we don't we don't have the ability to really sign top free agents in basketball. We just don't have it. I mean. We had to overpay Elton Brand when, you know, we probably were bidding against ourselves and, you know, things like that. And it's so I think when you have a guy like Ben, who obviously having a major flaw without shooting, still averages a triple double. And most consensus is he's a top 30 NBA player, you know, in, in that bottom 20s, 30 range. But those are hard to come by. So I think the reality is, is it's hard for us. We don't have many of those players on this and this team ever to just let that go. And now I'm not saying it's where what we're doing is right, but I think they acknowledge it's probably not going to work. But I guess, you know, this Daryl staking his reputation on that, he could get a deal done. I mean, that's, I guess what I'm trying to be positive about is, you know, Daryl's, you know, going all in on this. Like he's, you know, if this fails, like you said, John, if we, get nothing and it destroys the morale and Joel gets mad. And then he's like, you know what? I mean, you know, we, we don't want to explore that. It's well, you know, I mean, I guess that's probably not going to happen. I shouldn't even go down that road, but like, like what if Joel gets like really mad about this? Cause he's tired of dealing with this shit for like six months and a year. Like, you know what? Give me the fuck out of here. Thing. Yeah. I'm done. Like, like, what are we doing with this guy? Yeah. Like, can't we just trade him for a washing machine? Like that? Yeah, no, right. but- I mean, you know, those are all plausible things. So it's, you know, I think there, you know, I don't know if it's, e- I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of things is ego. It's, you know, strategy, whatever. But I mean, Doc, Doc, I think Doc has been, I've gained more respect for Doc this last month or so because I think he has major flaws as a head coach, but I never questioned the man. But the fact that I always feel he's straight honest, like, I don't know, like I'm going to try to coach Ben if he's here. If he's not, I can't. He's a professional and signed a contract. You know, he's got to show up and play. If he doesn't, he doesn't. We'll deal with it. But he made a comment last night or this morning you know, like we should be excited starting one and oh with a big road win on an opening night, but we got shit, you know, we got Ben Mullen over our head. So it is a real thing. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, it's clearly they're excited, but, you know, having that nuisance of like, and I think the players, you know, they're going to say the right things to the media, the Danny Greens and, you know, their professionals, Tobias Harris are going to be like, he's our guy, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, behind the scenes, they're like, yo, fuck this dude. Like, like you can like that's the thing you always hear about players. Like you can hate on management and ownership. Don't hate on us, your teammates. The fact that Ben's icing them out the way he is, like he's not even like being real with them. It's you're right, John. I think that's gotta be just a toxic environment to where like yeah. if you see him in the hallway, it's like yo, fuck that. Well, the- Game seven basically. And the but and the the th- the one thing is you guys keep saying that Ben isn't worth a lot. 
And that very well might be true, but you're still going to have a GM or two maybe that are going to look at him and, and look at what he's done and look at his size and what he can do and be like, I can fix him. I can fix or, him. No, that, and that's the thing. There are several I, I, I don't agree with that statement. I don't, if he was able to be fixed, Jesse, and we, and we think that it's a coaching thing, he would have been fixed a long time ago. This, no, is, but, a, this is a want to get better. This well, is a Ben Simmons not wanting to be a the best basketball player that he can be. It's got no, it's it's got no, you know, it's not on some coach to be like, oh man, I'm Jason Kidd into that Mavericks. And I'm like, I can totally fix this guy. That's not gonna happen. To think to sit here and say that we talk about the players running this league, this league and the way that these guys have have acted with these big contracts to think that the coach is going to always like Phil Jackson isn't walking through the doors. You know, Phil Jackson was a buy-in guy. You buy into his system, right? It, it's, it would never, no, I mean, come on. It, just like the, the Dennis Robbins of the world were, were, were an anomaly. The, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just don't see that any coach is going to be like, Oh, I can fix this guy until someone sees something from Ben to want to change. I, I, I don't see anything getting better in his game. Well, that's, but what he will do and what a team will sell themselves on are two entirely different things. Because if you can get through to him and get him to, to do what he needs to do, he could be like the next LeBron, the way he's built, the way he can move, the way he can play defense, the way he can move, you know, he could be a truly great player. So, but, but LeBron James got better year I, John, after year. Understand year. that he's like year six, dude. Yes, I understand, but the lost cause. There might be a team out there that doesn't have a superstar or doesn't have that that uh, might be able to name one. I'm all ears. Send him to Toronto. Fucking care about basketball enough to know a team that's going to go to him. <laughs> like, well, but I'm but I'm saying like. Okay, have him go play with his friend LeBron in, in LA. What's that going to do for the team? Have a guy out there that is going to facilitate maybe? Well, they can't do that because they already have Russell Westbrook. So you got to get rid of Russell Westbrook. And they're trying to win now. Like, I see what you're saying. Like, send this guy to a place where, you know, Indiana, where they can hype it up, or, you know, uh, Utah, or, you know, not Utah, but because they're pretty good. But, you know, another team that is lower tiered. I get that. But this guy has shown absolutely nothing other than he can play defense, which is great. I, I, you can find people in the G league that can play defense um, and won't shoot. He could turn the ball over pretty well. Yeah. I mean, and that, and that's where I'd like, you know, th- that's where I sort of get pissed off about the organization because again, you have a, we talk about ownership in this city. We talk about GMs in the city. We argue about them all the time. And this is a perfect example of an ownership group that from the beginning, you know, hindsight's 2020. Would Sam Hinkie have worked it out? I don't know. But they hired a guy. It didn't work out. They fired him. They hired another GM. He had a burner account. That didn't work. So they're not very good judge, judges of talent and, 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 and um, character. And then you throw Elton Brand in there with Brett Brown, right? And you string Brett Brown along for eight years or however he was here. And then you get Doc, who I think Doc's a good hire. I think Doc's a, 
a, a, a better upgrade from Brett Brown, but you know he's not a he's not a able to you know coach these guys up. You know he does he not want to coddle Ben? I don't I don't know. Everyone says that he was the biggest Ben defender, but you know is he the biggest Ben enabler? I don't know. Well, I think he's a Ben defender, and as long as Ben is putting in the work and the effort, because I do feel like Doc is an old school guy. And I think it's show up, be a professional, you know, work hard to get better, perfect your craft. And if you don't do that, he's, he's going to check out on you and either that, or he's going to call you out on it. And for someone who's been coddled their entire life, they're not going to, that's not going to sit well with them. So it's going to turn into a, it's going to turn into a problem real quick, which I think is what happened. Um, yeah, and Jesse's I, right. Like, maybe Jesse's right. Send them to, I don't want to say Detroit because they just got the number one pick this year, right? But send them to a team where you can hopefully get a lottery pick. You know, pull a pull a quote unquote Howie Roseman and and flip him for something that could be the one number one or number two pick and get a guy, get a Zion, get a you know, get a Kevin Durant in the next two or three years, and then this thing turns around. Right, but you gotta you gotta strike now. Well, you also, well, you also have to pick the right guy. Well, well, that's true. But I mean, again, that goes back to our our discussion on general managers here. Yep. You know, is is Elton Brand the guy? Is is Daryl Morey the guy? I say the four of us have a beef and beer, and we and we buy the team. <laughs> Dude, the Sixers aren't gonna. The owners aren't selling the team because think well, about it. Two beef and beers. For the, with the, we'll have yeah, we'll have a really big beef and beer, a really big one. I mean, they bought the team when it was not worth a ton. The value has gone through the roof, and they don't own the stadium that they where they play. So one of two things is going to happen. But I'll tell you what, though, Jesse, mm-hmm. if this team continues, if this shit goes south quick, it's going to no. be it's right that value is going to drop just no, as fast Matt, as so this is. This is they. These guys are, are – it's a long play. One of two things is going to happen. They're going to try to get the city or the state to give them free land or money to build a stadium. That's not going to happen probably. But you know what? He does have a stadium in North Jersey that he owns outright that his hockey team plays in. So don't think for a second that he wouldn't use this as a – well, you know, I wanted to get something done in Philadelphia. I wanted to keep the Sixers in Philadelphia. But Philadelphia just didn't want to give me $200 million to build a stadium. So I just had to take my team to North Jersey. Don't think like that's not also – I don't think that's a smart organizations move. I don't, do I don't think that's a smart move. I mean there's no value in moving – a professional basketball team to North Jersey when the, 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 the basketball Jersey that was in North Jersey moved to New York because there's no market for a basketball team in North Jersey. But that's where that stadium was, where the, the new stadium where the devils play is rather nice. And it's on the, the up and up and it's near the trains and it's, you, it's could, a, you would never, yeah, but no one's going to, everyone, that's Nick, that's Nick, that's Nick and Nets country now. I mean, and that's why that's why the Nets moved out of there to to Brooklyn the first chance they could. Yeah, you'd, be, you'd better off be buying a piece of land in Camden and having them be in Camden because at yeah. least then it's closer and, and it's easier for 
Philly Philly brethren to come over. But let's be real. They don't make their money on the gate. They make their money on TV and streaming and everything else. So it probably would they even with the hit they would take on attendance, they would probably the team would probably be worth more. And don't forget, he owns that building, so he wouldn't be paying lease on it. Like That's you could say it's happen. you could say it's never going to happen, but never going to happen. Okay, it, it, the teams like Lakers, Celtics, Knicks, I, except, I honestly, like, yeah. blue chip. When I say blue I honestly, chip organizations. I think that's the, you, you talk about the league stepping into certain things, Jesse. I think that the league would step in on that. Well, the league didn't stop the Nets from jumping to, from Jersey because, to work because the Nets were an ABA team. I mean, they weren't. Like to John's point, they weren't an original blue chip yeah. team. What, teams, like the Minneapolis teams, Lakers? Teams that do this are Seattle Supersonics, um, uh, uh, Vancouver Grizzlies, um, uh, 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 Oklahoma. Well, that was Oklahoma, right? They turned into Oklahoma City. Your Supersonics turned into Oklahoma City. Yeah. Seattle, yeah. Um, the, the only di- way, the only reason why it worked for the Lakers, Jesse, is because they went to LA. Yeah. But and, like and just, it's a top, it's a top five, top ten market. Yeah. Like the, to throw them out, like the Jazz moved. Like teams move, so teams move, but but you know the Jazz. I would say that they're, you know, they're a mid a yeah, mid they're market. C. They're C. Yeah, I mean. But, the, the the fact still remains they they've been making noise for a while trying to get the city or state to give them free land and a couple hundred million dollars to build a new stadium and so far everybody's been telling them to go pound sand it doesn't mean that they can't turn around and knock down Wachovia and make a deal with the flyers and do something around the same area like and do another thing like yeah but they can't knock they can't knock the problem, though, is it's not like you can knock Wachovia down until you build the new thing, and where you would wow. build the new thing is where Xfinity Live is. So where would you build it? Jetro? You would buy Jetro? Somebody, I mean, listen, that's a... Uh, we have bigger problems than trying to get a fucking stadium. Like, well, no, but I... If, if, but we'll go, if, we could go play in, like, broads or across from Geno's. I wouldn't care. Like, if whatever... If, if you don't think that this ownership group that are a bunch of just money guys that, that are, you know, mercenaries, they would sell before they would do that. I would be shocked. I think they would absolutely move the team. Not not happening. Not in our lifetime. Okay. I'll take that bet. You know, you know, it would be dope. This isn't building a stadium or, or nothing, but, um, Wells Fargo Center is right next to the Navy Yard. How sick would that be if they, if they like, in like later in the season when the weather starts getting nice, they like play, play some games on like one of those ships or something? Don't that you remember would, that uh, North Carolina played that one that game on the on the ship? Yeah, it was kind of cool. Yeah, I, I think there's been talk too about like uh, Nets and Knicks actually playing at Rocker Park. Yeah, that that would be so sick. But I mean, I guess they'd have to throw down a hardwood floor. I don't know if they're going to play on, you know, uh, concrete or macadam or whatever. But yeah, like that's, you know, maybe first, it's more for like an all star game. The first time a dude or like, an event or an event at All Star Weekend, they would like do something there. 
Yeah, like the first time a guy loses his balance or whatever and slips and falls and like has a raspberry from his kneecap. I remember Kevin Durant's rookie year all-star break. Um, I don't know why I remember this, but it was like one of the events, and I forget what city it was at, but it was when he was still, it was before the Sonics moved to Oklahoma City. It was his rookie year, and they did, they played horse outside Outside, on these outside courts. I remember that. I don't remember what city that was in. I also don't understand like why the Sixers ha- with with Joel with a time with Joel and Ben, at least in the last two years, they didn't get an All Star game, because I feel like that would have been a a, a, a good like um, venue. I mean, we had it in years past, and and in years past, past the All Star game that we had, obviously we stunk. But now with Joel, Joel and Ben, I thought that would have been a, a good good. Time. Well, didn't we oh, get yeah. an all-star game like right after we went to the finals? It was yeah. like – Yeah, I mean you get it every like 30 years. I mean they, they just go in line. Every team gets one. So it's just – Yeah, and, no, and, but, that, but that's not – but in the past couple of years, it's been like the same couple teams I think. No, uh, no. I mean sure? LA, might get it, LA might get it for the Clippers. LA gets it for like the Clippers and the Lakers. Brooklyn gets it for the Knicks and the Knits. But I'm <laughs> I'm like pretty positive every team basically gets one. Like it's just all 30 – like it's going to be another – I mean the same with the same with baseball. I mean, I went to the I went to the All Star game when Bonds and McGuire had the home run derby. It was insane at the vet. It was insane. It was so awesome. So, so in 2019 and 2014, New Orleans got it. So that's two years. In 2018, 2011, Los Angeles got it. Um, I'm trying to see New York. Where did we get it? Philly was. 2002. Yeah, Matt was right. It's right after. So, so LA, I'm sorry. And New Orleans got it again in 2008. So I mean, like it's been, so the next couple of years, it's going to be Atlanta this year. No, Atlanta was last year. This year's going to be Cleveland, then Utah, then Indiana. Maybe we're due. I don't know. But also they probably also look at it from a Atlanta sat twice in that time. Sorry. Guys. State, like how new is your stadium? How fancy are your amenities? Like, you know, yeah, right. See, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that factors in. You know, is your team struggling? Do we need to help you? Do we need to boost you? I mean, it's, you know, New Orleans has, has had had issues. You know, well, yeah. I mean, they got decimated by a generational hurricane. They probably that's probably why they gave them some love. Well, they were the Hornets, and then they became the Pelicans. You know, they had changed around. Like they had a lot of shit go down, and you know, so that's why they rigged it to make sure they got Zion. Like just how. How the Cavaliers made sure they get number one, two number one picks after LeBron left. I mean, next, I mean, you know, David Stern made the the the, the rumor was that they like froze the uh, Knicks card, so he knew it felt colder or something, so he knew to touch it for the Knicks or some shit. I saw some like some like documentary thing, well, not like like a little segment about it, how like they froze well, the card they, or something. Uh, well, when Stern they got knew what to when they got the Ewing when they got the Ewing pick. pick. When they well is was it when they got the Ewing pick? Yeah, no, that's what it is. It's for the Ewing pick. Um, I'm not even like joking. Just thought in my head, like a guy who I think in the next three or four years could be a superstar in this league is Melo, Lamelo Ball. Like, yeah, I would I would throw the kitchen sink now trying to pull him away from LeBron or um, 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 Michael Jordan. Like, like like, it's like less than two percent of people leave because you can't get the max deal. Right. So you got to wait eight years to get a guy, basically. Right. Yeah. So that's the, and that's the thing. So it's like now, 
do you pay a guy who's 30, 31, another max contract? And, you know, so that's why the Sixers, again, I think this all leads back to Ben's 25. And it's just so hard to get your hands on a guy like him. And it's just, you know, I'm, it, it's, it's clear he's going to have to go. But it's, I guess their hope was that he's 25. He's clearly an emotional guy. Maybe you get him back here with his buddies because he is close with like Matisse and a couple guys, like Tobias and stuff. You know, maybe he gets back here. He feels good. They start winning. And all right, you know what? Let's give it another shot, guys. And maybe, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm saying, I'm just saying that was their hope. All, all, you know, up until this probably this past week at that, you get him in the building, make him feel good. You rub his hiney, you know, make him feel special, rub his tush, and you start winning games. And it's just like you get that atmosphere going, like, hey, man, let, let, let's give this a run. We had unfinished business last year. And then maybe, who knows, then we have a, we have a special season. But Ben does not seem to want to be a part of that, unfortunately. And, and he had made that clear months ago. At the yeah, Chicago but, meetings, the the winter meetings or whatever they called it, summer meets the summer meetings in Chicago, they specifically said reports that Rich Paul met with Daryl Morey, and he, they requested a trade, and then Doc and Daryl went to L.A. at Rich Paul's house to all meet together, and they they made a thing and they said, listen, we really want you to come back, and it, it was like a mea culpa, like, hey, listen, we fucked up sometimes, blah blah blah. And Ben leave at the end of that meeting. Ben's like, "I'm sorry, I still want to be traded." And they were taken aback by it. And that's where that Doc Rivers comment came out about it's in your fucking contract. I'll see yeah. you there. So yeah. it's like I, we called your bluff, and now we're in this predicament. So, but I mean, they're I, right I, in the sense that they committed those resources, aka money, salary cap. You know, I don't Ross, disagree. Bob, you know, the salary cap basically. You know, Ben, you need to be professional and honor this. It's like, we will trade you, but in the meantime, you need to come here and be a professional. So that's Bill, why I guess. For years, he's gotten away with everything else. Why would he think any different now? Well, because, I mean, this is extreme, John. I mean, this is basically. Is it? Is it not showing up, not showing up to, to, to your job is the worst you can do. I mean. Not, you can, you not can doing make, your job is, is even worse, too, right? Doing what? Not doing your job is even worse. That's what he's doing right now. Not doing his job, and, he, and, he, well, and you're going to say not. But no, what I'm saying is, in in the past three years, between Brett Brown coaching and and now Doc Rivers coaching, he has been coddled. He has not been held accountable for shooting the basketball, getting better year after year. Even after summer videos on Instagram of him shooting jump shots, he still didn't do it. But do you so, see where do you see where this is a unique, unique situation where he's a two-time all-star in the last two years? So how do you tell an all-star who averages a triple double, you're not good enough? You know, I'm not, and I'm not being smart. I mean, it's real. Like, and that's his stance, basically, Ben. It's, I'm already an all-star. I already averaged 15, 10, and 10. That's my game. That's me, and, man. And, and what I'm saying is, if ben, if I'm Ben Simmons and I feel that way, that I'm worth this, then you know what? I pay it. I pay my manager, my my uh, my agent. You now do the work to facilitate the trade, the same way they did with Anthony Davis. You go out and you call places and you try to make a make a deal because it looks like my employer is not going to do it. But the reality so, is, is you don't do this with this many years on a contract left, and that's where you're asking people to do things that have never been done before. Nobody's ever been traded second year into a max contract. And that's never been done in the history of sports. So now you're asking Daryl Morey to move mountains 
from a, from a guy who literally one year previously said, and I got to think before you sign a contract that you say to him, you're committed to being here, this and that, and he signs that piece of paper, John, says, I'm going to be here. Mm-hmm. And in the second year of the contract, you say, like, it's, that's why I'm saying it's, like, this has never been done before. This, is, this has never been requested. So it's like, but I don't do you, how this is more put your feet. Put your put your feet in the Daryl Morey's shoes. You're him tomorrow. You're mm-hmm. going to hold out for four years. Well, I think you that's think that's the smart guy. Yeah, that's him being, you know, I think play. Uh, but I think he would hold out the entire year. I think I could see him holding out an entire year. I think, but I think reality is it's December fifteenth is the day because that's when players who sign contracts this year who are free agents can be can be traded, and apparently that's like what they're saying is around when because that's when a lot of point guards are going to become available to be moved so i think their hope was this simple come in play for a month play till december 15th play good and we'll get you the fuck out of here yep. and ben stomping his feet because i guarantee john they're telling him this I, I would bet any kind of money they're like just play and we'll get you the fuck out of here and ben saying no i don't want to play get me out of here anyway and that's how he's being a child because there's no way at this point they're not speaking man to man like we're gonna move you, but you gotta show up and fucking play. We can't move you if you're doing this. And Ben's stance now is I don't give a shit. Not my problem. I'm Ben Simmons. Fuck you. Well, guess what, Ben? Nobody thinks you're worth moving mountains for. So we have to figure this out. And you're still when you play a top thirty NBA player. So if we're if we lose this season. Oh well, we can't give a give away an asset of your value for pennies on the dollar. I think that's Daryl Morey's stance. And what better way to fuck the team that is fucking me than to just be a distraction? I, that's I, why. I, that's why I mean it's. That's why I mean from a from a from a chess move, it's brilliant because I'm a fucking huge distraction. I'm in the media every day, like Jesse says. I'm jokes of brand of brands on on Twitter. You know, I'm jokes on Saturday Live or whatever, and my name is out there every day. It's going to be the Ben Simmons watch. And you know how Philly media is. They're going to eat this all up, and it's just going to be getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And to the point where when this guy fucking farts, like, we're going to know about it. And I think that doesn't help this organization anymore on October 21st or December 15th. If he comes in and plays for a month, they're not getting Damian Lillard for him. If he comes in and plays for a month, they're not getting X superstar next. So you might as well just either try to go the John Wall route or get pieces or try to get picks and say, goodbye, nice knowing you. Maybe we'll work on a deal where we get half your money back or something. I think the reality is, though, John, because what if by December 15th, and here's another reality, because this has been reported a couple of times. I don't think it's like, you know, I'm not going to bet the farm on it, but it's been reported. What if the Nets, Brooklyn goes, Brooklyn's 10 and 17. They're going to blow it up. What if we trade James Harden for Ben? Because Harden hasn't signed an extension yet, and they're pushing him to, and he don't want to up there. This is the last year of his deal. He could walk. What if the, what if the Nets are shit in the bed, and they're like, you know what? James James isn't going to come back. We'll give you James for Ben, and we win. So that's what I'm saying. I agree he's got to go, but you've got to let the season play out a little bit. What happens if, you know, in Sacramento, Buddy Heald and Halliburton get hurt, and they decide the season's over, and we want to trade De'Aaron Fox now? Maybe now we get De'Aaron Fox. Again, these are 
like Matt said, you don't wish for an injury. You don't, you know, I wish for teams to lose maybe so that, so they would ever, or maybe there's a GM that's on the hot seat. Got to make a big splash in a small market, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe, you know, the, I'm trying to think of a team that would, you know, James, James Harden is not going to get moved this year. You remember, he, he's the free agent next year. That's all, that's all I'm, I'm saying is they are, they were a three inches from going to the Eastern Conference Finals. Yeah, so, that was with Kyrie Irving playing last year. They don't have Kyrie, and they just lost by 20 to the Bucks yesterday. So, hey, you don't know. Tomorrow he might get the vaccine, or tomorrow he might get traded. No, you're. I mean, and that's why I'm saying I, I just don't think James Harden's going to go anywhere. James you know Harden who else play might out. get traded? I think you're right. I, I wouldn't hold my breath for it, but I mean, there's so many what ifs. So it he's just got a better me. chance. He, he's ring hungry. He's ring hungry. He's yeah, got a better chance. So the Nets are, with, what if the Nets are 10 and 20 and they're out of it, and the Sixers? Are eighteen and eight. Don't want to come to Philly, maybe. I'm just saying. I, 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 you don't know. What if, what if things are, happen? <laughs> what you if the Wizards are two and seventeen at that point, and feels like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm out. We call mm-hmm. and you call. You know. So that's what I'm saying. Like it's not ideal like situation to hope the other team shits the bed. But I think that's kind of what they're doing to see who gets hurt, who shits the bed, mm-hmm. and when we get enough's enough in another month or two, probably we'll do it. Or whatever, but I think right now it's just like Matt said it earlier. Teams aren't trading anybody because their their rosters are set. Like Rojo was even saying it. Like no trades are going to be done right now. Like they're just not. Like it takes time. Like, no, they're going to see what they got. Exactly. Gonna see. They got to see if they're going to be a contender. If they're not, who gets? So I think that's why you need a month, six weeks, and then that's when the shit starts shaping up. And I think that's when Ben's going to go. And I think Ben's just literally that one of those kind of guys like like that thing that Jesse said is he lives in his own world and he don't care he thinks he's LeBron James already and he's the butt of every joke and you, you think it's okay for him to have that kind of exposure I think it's the opposite I think this is killing him on the inside and, and creating to his mental illness it's seeing he's the butt of every joke I mean he Christ almighty he was he was already a mental he already had he, he already had shortcomings I don't want to make fun of mock him but he's already had shortcomings on the court where you want to dunk a, dunk a basketball, let alone being, you know, the butt of every joke now, like you said. It's like, I think it bothers a guy like that. I really do. Well, and, and not just that, but, like, when he's playing, like, Call of Duty, he's in, like, lobbies with, like, 12-year-old little racist kids, and it's like Thunderdome. The minute they find out <laughs> it's Ben Simmons, they're going to be clowning on him, too. Like, Throw the savage. <laughs> uh, listen, so, I, 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 I don't know. I, I – John, you know who else might get traded soon? Deshaun Watson. Yeah, because I'm tired of fucking talking about Ben Simmons. Well, I mean, I mean, I was gonna say we we can talk about this jerk off for an hour. (laughs) We can flip the script a little bit and talk talk some bird business. I mean, Uh, uh, I don't know if it's I don't know if it's going to be any better. I mean, we're going from one clown car to the next. I mean, one's painted red and the other one's painted green. I mean, it's distraction to Howie and Nick show. Listen, oh, yeah. just just want to start here. I just want to start hearing the heat from the from the, all the guys that 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 kill the GM on on that side. Start killing the GM on this side, then I'll feel better. Well, I mean, the Howie's taking plenty of bullets right now because like the team doesn't look good, the coaching staff looks woefully inept, and you don't know what you've got in Jalen Hurts. And then you know the owners got to look at it from a at the end of the year. You might have three really good picks in the first round. You've got a GM who, if if things go bad, like continue to go bad, 
who missed on this pick or missed on this coach, missed on Chip Kelly, missed on Doug Peterson. Now, granted, Doug, he got us a, a Super Bowl. I don't think he missed on Doug. I think Doug was their best move, but, but I don't think but, they wanted Doug. <laughs> but my point is, what owner is going to let Andy was just like, here, take him. I can't, I can't have him anymore. What, what I can't keep his dick in his pants. But like what owner is going to be like, okay, cool, cool. You, we're, we're on our fourth coach. We're on our fourth coach. We're on our like eighth quarterback. I trust you. Finally, you finally figured it out. And on the last year of your deal, I'm going to let you make three first round picks that are franchise altering picks and possibly hire more coaches. Like it, it, a lot of things are going to happen this year because if it doesn't get better, you end up, it's the same, it's the same thing with like when we were talking about, is it Carson or is it Doug or do you fire both of them? It's the same thing. It's like Sirianni and, and Howie are tied at the hip because you're not gonna, you're not going to fire Sirianni and keep Howie. And and let Howie pick another coach on the last year of his deal, and you, it would be like a fart in church giving Howie a contract extension with the way the team is playing right now. So like, what do you do? And the biggest deficiency on this team is de- is defense. We have three first round picks. Hopefully they can't fuck that up. But Howie hasn't drafted a good defensive player in a decade. Like. He drafted well, Cox. Here's here's the positive part about what you're saying, Jesse. Is you're at, we're week what six? Yeah, seven? seven. Seven. Okay. We we would argue we probably agree that the hardest part of our schedule is over. Correct. Oh, absolutely. So now is the time where we see if the rubber actually is going to meet the road. Right? Can mm-hmm. this, is this team and this team isn't an A team right now? Right? It's not a B team. But is it a C team or is it an F team, right? And I think the next couple, five games, I think will help answer that question a little bit more. Absolutely. And, you know, the the one thing that I will say, like, I don't think Nick Sirianni should call plays anymore. I think he is an idiot calling plays. He's (laughs) – Wait, wait, wait. Time out, though. Time out. What? You guys actually think we're going to get more than one win in the next five games? Absolutely. I was was going somewhere, Matt. we're going to beat the lions and that's it. But we're going to lose. We're going to lose on Sunday. It's the same guy that said we we're going to go in six. Too. We're not going to, we're not going to, we're not going to win against the chargers. The Broncos are better than us. And the saints are better than us. Okay. Uh, come on now. So Sirianni, no, you said, Oh, it's six. So I don't, you're already wrong. <laughs> Sirianni doesn't. And two and, and four right, ain't much better. And right now, the, Matt, and, right and, now the and we're on pace, we're on pace to a four win season. So, you know, and that's I gave them five wins in the beginning of the year. So, Matt, the the Broncos ain't playing real well right now. They ain't tackling nobody, and they're getting beat by a backup quarterback on the Browns. Uh, I'm just saying, bro. I mean, so that's listen, what, that's it. That's it. That's, that's in mile high. So, so, so here's so I don't think Sirianni's a good a good game, good play caller. I think like he's Todd Bowles level bad or, or all those other guys that you've given a shot to that, that, that Sorry, don't know what they're Super Bowl champion, Todd Bowles. Uh, <laughs> or not, <laughs> not, not Bowles. Who am I thinking of? Uh, 
But like he's just Juan, out of, Juan Castillo. Yeah, like Juan Castillo. Like he, he doesn't know what he's doing. He was a wide receiver coach and now he's calling the plays. But I will say the one thing and, and a lot of you know people have talked about it. This team is not quitting on him. They are gutting it out, playing hard, grinding through games, coming back at the end of games. Like so right now, I, while I don't think he's a good play caller he is showing that he's still a good head coach because these guys are still playing for him. So if this continues and they still keep playing tough for him, maybe at the end of the year, the Eagles sit back and they're like, all right, maybe we just get him a really good OC that calls plays and he becomes back. (laughs) Well, and he becomes more of the, the CEO of the, of the football team. Like, you you look at you know John always calls me a homer for Alabama but like Nick Saban ain't, well okay I am but like Saban ain't like isn't calling plays he's watching the game and yeah. making sure the game is going the way he wants it to go and he yeah. trusts there, the there are plenty of head coaches in the NFL that do that I, I agree with you yeah. so hopefully maybe that's what Sirianni needs to do because right now his version of the of of an offense is fucking atrocious because. Well, well, also remember, I mean, let's let's not be let's let's be real about this. For 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 argument's sake, if you bought a house that came fully furnished, right? Like you'd want to like maybe sit in the couches, you know, see what works in the kitchen, what doesn't, right? And then when you when you eat with the utensils and sit on the couch and like realize that like this isn't very comfortable, then you realize like what you need to get new, right? It's no yeah. different than what Nick Sirianni is dealing with right now. He but, was able to draft a, a a pretty good wide receiver. He seems okay right now, right? I'm, I'm not turning him into an MVP just yet. He is seeing what he has in the quarterback that he has, right? And and working with the pieces that he has been given or bequeathed him from the last coaching staff, right? So six games in, like – I, I don't know if I'm like all ready to like, first of all, stop calling plays and stop feeling out as a head coach, as a first year head coach, what I'm going to do. It's a fucking learning experience more than anything. You but know? the, the, the problem is like his, his, when, when he, it's, it's two things really. It's when he says, I don't know what our identity is yet. It's like, bro, if that's true, you don't fucking say it. Like, so that's one, you don't fucking say that Two. Like, I watch a lot of college football. You use the RPO when you don't have superior talent to the team that you're playing. But the other thing is the reason that sometimes the RPO is so effective is because teams don't know that it's coming. So the RPO is so much more effective when you are playing under center because at that point, you don't know if the quarterback is going to Take the ball under center, drop back and make a pass, pull you, you it back. You have red zone. You have red huh? zone. You have red no, zone. I don't have red zone. This I I want to I want you to do some homework this weekend uh-huh. when you're watching football. I want you to watch the one and fours and switch back on CBS the one and fours and see how many teams run an RPO offense. The Eagles are the only team that's running an RPO offense that, like this. The only team. That is incorrect. There are nope. many teams that run. RPOs. Yes, but we are the only one that that that's only, sucks at it. Well, 
that <laughs> only is running the RPO out of shotgun. That is the problem. When you are only running it out of shotgun, you give the defenses you the defense knows it's one or the it's one or the other. And when you're not running the ball, the defense knows, the linebackers know, I can crash the line and I'm either going to get the ball at the mesh point, I'm going to get the quarterback or I'm getting the ball. And because of that, they know that the line that they don't even need to cover real far because one, two, three, the, the offensive linemen are already blocking downfield because they're assuming it's a pat, it's a run. So the defense doesn't even have to worry about it because half the time it's going to be called back for an Eagle illegal man downfield. So the problem is yes, teams run RPO. We helped an RPO offense helped win us win a super bowl. But if you go back and you watch the way Nick Foles ran an RPO offense, I can goddamn guarantee you he wasn't dropping back. He wasn't, it wasn't out of shotgun. It was under center. He was shotgun. It was, it was a varied approach. This is a hundred percent shotgun. I don't disagree that he should be under center at some point, some points, but again, there are, if you watch Patrick Mahomes, if you watch Lamar Jackson, if you watch any of the running quarterbacks, they, yes, I, we don't run it. We run it all the time. We shouldn't. I get that. But other teams are doing the same thing. We're, yes, just, not, but we're just not doing it well. That's, but that's my point. Like you it's, either, it's, it's sometimes it's a run and it should be a run and he holds it. Or it's a pass and he stays in the pocket too long and, and then he tries to escape. And listen, the guy's a six, six games into his, you know, quote unquote rookie season almost. And like, okay, we're not seeing flashes of him. But I mean, we're not seeing a ton of flashes, but there are some games where we're like, Oh, this guy's got fucking talent. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in that. Like let's trade for Deshaun Watson camp or no, let's no, draft. Be insane. Well, or, or draft a quarterback like because yeah. let's be real. There's not a good quarterback coming out of this class. There's not Spencer. Uh, we, we don't, we don't know that. Huh? We don't know that. It would, because we always get stuck in this thing where, like, we're again, we're halfway, almost halfway in the beginning of the NFL season, and we go, there's no good quarterbacks out there. Last year, everyone was like, oh, Trevor Lawrence is going to be a stud. Right? I mean, it's just true. Is Trevor Lawrence lighting up the world? Is well, Joe also, Burrow – Joe Burrow is playing really well, right? Mm-hmm. Well, Joe, Joe Burrow has got a, a, a ton of talent around him, right? Mm-hmm. I mean – And a good and a good coach. Joe Burrow on the, on the Tennessee Titans – I'm sorry – the, the uh, Carolina Panthers would maybe a little different, different flavor, right? Well, I mean, it's, it's coaching and, but here's the thing at this time, when you're, when you're talking about players that could be coming out of the draft, right? When, when Trevor Lawrence was coming out and Joe Burrow was coming out at this point in those years that they were drafted, you knew like they were the guy, they were going to be the number one, the number one guy at this point, Pre or preseason started, Spencer Rattler was the guy. He's now been benched and looks like an and all these videos are now coming out. He's an utter piece of shit, and he's probably going to have to transfer to another school to maybe get drafted at all. He's so he's been playing so bad, and everybody's like all high on this kid from Liberty who just got their face kicked in by like a D three school. Like, so, so if what, what makes you think the smart move here is to go get a quarterback? I don't think the smart okay. move is to okay. get a quarterback. My, my point is. So why are we talking about college quarterbacks? Well, because I said I'm. I I said that I'm not in the trade trade for Deshaun or get a quarterback. I still think you but have to, you have in, in Jalen. 
But if you were going to, what I'm trying to say, Jesse, is I'm not of the of of the fact here of like going out and get and drafting a quarterback. If I want to go get a quarterback, I'm going to go get one of the arguably we could say an argue ten to twelve free agent quarterbacks. Not not just free agent quarterbacks, but quarterbacks that are on teams right now that not that are not going to be on their team. And those possibilities, I feel like, are better than um, going out and and drafting those players. This team, we all agree, has holes, correct? Oh, absolutely. So, so, so if you had an arguably number two pick or number eight pick and a number 12 pick, we could go out and fill a lot of those holes rather than saying, here's three picks and we're going to get I'm not, you know, Aaron Rodgers, right? You're not going to do that. You just, it would just be, it'd be asinine because Aaron Rodgers can't play safety and running back. And linebacker. Right. And, and all the, exactly, all the major things that we need on this team. So I think it's kind of like, yeah, it, it's kind of shitty that the first year head coach, Nick Sirianni, has been dealt the hand that he's been dealt. Sure. Who wants, who wants to, you know, have guys on a team that are probably not going to be here next year? <clears throat> Jason Kelsey, right? Zach Ertz. Uh, maybe some guy, maybe a Rodney McLeod, et cetera. Like it sucks, but you got to kind of like deal, deal with the hand that you've dealt and sort of navigate it. And being a first year head coach with a very young staff, I think it's going to be growing pains. I don't think for a second that they're going to fire Nick Sirianni. I think he's got, you know, I think he gets two years and I think he, he, he gets to figure it out. The same thing with Howie, you know, he gets to draft and, these guys. John, I'm looking at the free the quarterback free agents. I'd rather have Jalen Hurts than every last one of them. Yeah, there's, but, but there's Jesse, not a good one. Jesse, Russell Wilson, you don't know, wants to stay. Well, well, Aaron yeah. Rodgers is leaving. Jimmy Garoppolo, Andy Dalton. Um, give it, let me think. Ty, the Tyrod Taylor. Um, yeah, who's who's not that good. Taysom Hill, who, who isn't good. Fitzpatrick. Fitzmagic. Uh, Nikki Foles, Jameis Wilson, Jacoby Brissett, Bridgewater, Mariota, Flacco, Trubisky. It's not a. These are backup quarterbacks. They're all well, backup quarterbacks. We might have to pull a Sam Bradford for a year too to, to sort I, of fill the hole, or or Flacco. Maybe it's or, Flacco. Maybe it's Minshew. Who knows? But yeah, at least to maybe f- build a defense or build a a, a superpower offense or something. Dude, and then all three get those, the guy around us. All three of those picks. All three of those picks need to be defense. Like the people talking about, I was seeing like um, they're real high on this, that center from like, I think he's like Iowa or some shit like that, that they're saying like he's a, a can't miss prospect in the first who's, round. Who's the, who's the Oregon DN, Thibodeau or it's, whatever? Yeah, that dude's a monster. Yeah, like, yeah, if you're lucky to get two, right, which could happen with trading two, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you trade two, you're basically tanking. Yeah, but we get their pick. Right, but that's what I'm saying. Like, you get essentially get number two or number one. Yeah. And if if um, the Lions don't want to don't want to get a quarterback, or they do want a quarterback, then you're right there. You know, or you you could flip flop. Well, and then so not only you had that D end, and I and I still think that draft it, draft it. Well, and I think that you they they didn't draft Landon Dickerson in the second round to be a guard. 
a swing he's bar. Be, he's going to be Jason Kelsey's heir apparent. And you know what? Hat tip to that pick. I didn't like it, but he's been playing good so far. Yeah. And I told, I told you he can play. Roll Tide. Roll Tide. And, I, didn't, and, I didn't think he was going to play this year. And Alabama's him. got two linebackers that are going to go in the first round this year. And I would love either one of those monsters to At go. At this point, that. let's draft the linebackers from Alabama and let's make Nick, Nick Saban a deal. Well, no, because I need some joy in the fall. Um, no, it's, did, you see, did you see that video I sent you, by the way? Yeah, he's Nick's great. Um, the, the, but you, you, but yeah, you absolutely have to get that monster from, from Oregon. Like that dude's a cheat code. Like he's, he's like the, um, the Joey Bosa, the, the, like he's that just Joey Bosa. But he's like that, uh, the, the dude that went to, that's on the, the, um, the Redskins now that went, huh? Yeah. Like he's that guy. He's going to be the number one pick. I don't think we're going to have a chance at him unless we get the number one pick somehow, but I think he's going number one or two. But like what John said, if you trade Tua, if the Dolphins trade Tua there, that means they're getting Deshaun Watson. And the minute that that happens, the league's going to spend Deshaun Watson. They're going to have to. And, and then, they might do that now because maybe they're thinking now, Jesse, that the season's over at one and five. Fucking get him now. This episode brought to you by Boost. Boost Mobile. Boost Mobile. Boost Rotor. Bill Rotor is sponsored by Boost Mobile. The this, reason this this draft fit segment. The reason why we can't hear Bill is because he's on the phone with Ben Simmons at practice right now. But like, but yeah, I mean, Bill's right. Like, if you're the Dolphins and you know the suspension is going to happen, you might be like, All right, we're going to trade from now, just hammer him for the rest of the year, and then you hope that he doesn't go to prison for <laughs> everything that he's being charged with. Send him his now, playbook in the clink. Now, granted, I don't want anything to do with this fucking guy. Like, I see these no. Eagles fans that are like, uh, yeah, I don't kind of gathered that him. from past no. episodes. No, I don't want. I don't care if they got him and he won three Super Bowls. I don't want him on this team. Wow, bad. I don't know, no, dude. Three? That's a poll question right there. No. Would you celebrate Eagle Super Bowl win if Deshaun Watson was the quarterback? Dude, if I have a dude, if I had a kid and you had like a daughter and you have to explain to her like, there's this guy and he's sexually assaulted twenty women, and I'm okay with him being on. No, not having that conversation with a kid. Nope. Nope. So, um, what what if he what if he goes away and does his time and comes back to play? <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, yeah, Jesse. But and <laughs> no, a reformed so man. But it's but here's the thing. Learned like, his lesson. But you're if you're using the parallel with Vic, yes, like once Vic got caught and he got hammered, like he realized he was making mistakes and he tried to make amends for them and he lost what like a hundred million dollars and like. And, was, and then we gave it all back to him. <laughs> but like, so, but like, that's a dude that actually legitimately learned and actually, actually like showed so what if remorse. Deshaun Watson does the same thing. Dude, Watson ain't showing any remorse right now. He's like, wasn't me. I didn't do that. Like, I don't I mean, want. If any is a parallel, not that Deshaun, the comparing the Deshaun Watson thing to Ben Simmons, but when you look at the the situation, like how Houston's sort of handling it. You don't see him in practice. You don't, you know what I mean? Like he's scratched from games. Like he's an anomaly. The only time that he's brought up now is trade rumors, but you don't see him. You know what yeah. I mean? Like 
so, so I guess in that aspect, like Houston, I guess is doing a little bit of due deal. I don't know. I don't want to defend how they're handling that, but. And like now you're, now you're there, you're hearing rumors that there's like a three team possible trade for them. And you're like, and the wild thing is it's like the Broncos were one of the teams that are, that's in the three team trade. And it's like, you look at who they drafted and it's like, they could have just drafted the guy that they could have drafted fields. He was on the board for them. Mm-hmm. They took Sertan. Yeah. Well, so like, I mean, Justin, we don't know if Justin Fields is as advertised yet either. No, but we'll he's see. better. He's better than anything the Broncos have. It'll be a Hall of Fame quarterback is how we passed on him. Let's the, put it in the book. Here we go. The, the other yeah, thing, too, is, is you have to look at a lot of these teams that forget the quarterback. How about the coach is going to get fired? Mm-hmm. Like, we talk about Miami. I would love Brian Flores here. As oh, as and a heartbeat. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, have fun with your fucking t-shirts. Yeah, like Brian Brian Flores as defensive coordinator. Like, okay. Yeah, but but Brian Flores, if he got fired, he would probably be hired as a he would he would probably get scooped up to be a head coach again. Maybe maybe we maybe we learned our sort of lesson with the Jim Schwartz move. You know, having a having a guy that was a head coach at one point. You know, and back as a D coordinator, you know, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, Brian Dable's as good as gone for Buffalo probably after this year. Right. Yeah. So then you're back to the old, you know, carousel of coaches. And, you know, I, I heard Brian Dable to Chicago. I, I mean, I, I just, I don't understand what we're doing with the, with this defense. Like we don't have the linebackers to be playing the defense that we do. And we do it every week. And, the the crazy thing is, like he's Darius Slay is having a very good season. Um, I mean, most of our corners are are being are having good years, but the problem is our linebackers are just getting annihilated over the middle, and that's where we're losing games. It's not even it's it's not even the corners. It's the it's the coverage over the middle. It's the safeties and the linebackers that are the issue. And I swear to God, can this can Sirianni get this team to to show a little bit of like restraint and professionalism with the fucking penalties still? It it's embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, we gotta we there's no denying that we need to get and play better at all all phases. But again, like if this was year three of Doug Peterson or year three of insert coach here, I would feel a little bit different. But again, I, I think we've all really realized that this team is rebuilding we are we are in the new house that we just bought and we're the 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 floors are creaking and there's wallpaper peeling yeah but like the first year with doug there was never a time the first year with doug where i was like this dude doesn't know what the fuck he's doing yeah we did we did dopey doug got thrown around well yes and 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 someone here has brought up numerous times about how he was given a pretty Nice roster to deal with. Yes. Between my, veterans my, and rookies. This roster is aging and doesn't have many rookies. And my, my point is there like there was never there was never a time that I remember the media and every like, yeah, there was Dopey Doug and stuff like that, but it's not like this where the where lots of people in the media and and you you see it everywhere like this guy might not know what he's doing like at all. Like it wasn't like that for Doug's first year. I don't know if 
Carson, you know, you have the rookie con the rookie quarterback that you traded up to get. So I don't know if that helped buy Doug some cover for some I'll of I'll tell it. you exactly what the problem is, and you guys will laugh, but I think it's the media egged on by a lot of the fan base about Howie Roseman that has caused a lot of this. I think that's exactly what it is. I mean, you read I every article you read about Jeff McLean that he writes about Howie and oh, this, McLean that, and has a fucking axe to grind. Like, right, but there are numerous times that other people in the media have been interviewed on camera talking about how they don't know what Howie Roseman's doing and this team is barren at this and barren at that. And some are factual, yes, but at the same token, I think that like they forget that Howie Roseman also was integral part in bringing the roster together to miss Super Bowl. And I yeah. think I, even even if the guy had won two Super Bowls, I think that people in this town, especially the media, would still be killing Howie Roseman. And that's not going to – until Howie Roseman gets fired, people are going to continue to do it. It's going well, to be the same thing for, you know, uh, any any baseball, any Phillies manager doesn't win a World Series with Bryce Harper. It's going to be the same thing. The same thing. The, the only the I think the only good Eagles reporter that's fair is, is Matt Shetter. Matt Shetter from Four Foot Podcast. Well, and then right. Ruben, and then Ruben oh, Frank. Six. You heard it here first. But like you heard it. Ruben Ruben kills Howie all the time. Yes, but Ruben Ruben is fair about what he says. It's not like he's not the Jeff McClain where like Howie's the bumbling idiot that somehow lucked his way into a Super Bowl. Like he will point out how he hasn't drafted a, a Pro Bowl defensive player in ten years, but then he will then say, "But Howie Roseman has done this, this, and this, and has positioned the team to have three first round picks potentially in the next." So like Ruben is fair with his critiques on Howie. I don't think McLean we'll agree, is. We'll agree to disagree. Okay, but I think Ruben, he's just like a nice guy. I like to have beers with him. Ruben knows what he's talking about. I'm like, not saying he doesn't. I'm just saying that there is there is definitely a Philly media um, like icing over well, a lot of the articles and conversation. Well, you, you have to ask yourself why. Is there something that we don't know that the front office? you know, is behind closed doors or with the media is how he a dickhead to them. Like, is there a reason that McLean has an absolute ax to grind with the organization and Howie Roseman? Because he fucking does. I mean, there's, I think there's plenty of media members that, that do it. But again, yeah, I think, I think when you listen to sports talk radio and you go on Twitter and you, you know, we're in 2021 here, right? Three mm-hmm. or four years ago, it was Twitter as prevalent? Maybe not as much, but like, and and podcasts like this, and TV shows, and twenty four hour coverage, and it just gets amplified. I mean, look at the Ben Simmons thing today, or, or the last three days. They had Ian Rappaport talking about it. You know what I mean? They had like NFL insiders, Schefter talking about it, tweeting about it. It's it's like a, it's a crazy Chef, media. Chef's a, a big NBA guy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I mean, like, when you start to hear Ian Rappaport talk about it and other guys like me, it's crazy how this stuff sort of becomes its own little sphere of, of, you know, another planet. And it's just the information just hammering, 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 hammering. Well, it's, it's also, crazy. you know, it'll it'll keep them up on the Twitter feed and the and the and the keep likes. them trending if they yeah. if they mention Ben Simmons in a in a segment, right. you know. 
and I don't know how, you know, how good is that for us as listeners and viewers of people just trying to get clickbait and media. You know, I, I, I've, I've uh, fall for the uh, fake Adam Schefter tweets more over time and time again. Well, and John, so like, I understand, you know, if you look at, and the reason I think the reason that how he gets killed is there's two things that are really, that are the, the, the giant anchors around his neck. And it's the 2017 draft and the 2019 draft. And so the 2017 draft. I, I refrain yeah. from getting into the draft. But like, just look, hear, hear me out real quickly. Derek Barnett, he's going to be gone next year. Sidney Jones gone. Russell Douglas gone. Matt Collins gone. Donald Pumphrey gone. Shelton Gibson gone. Nathan Gary gone. Elijah Qualls gone. 2019 draft. Andre Dillard probably going to get traded this year. Miles Sanders God knows what's going on with him. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, woof. Sharif Miller, out of the league. Clayton Thorson, out of the league. So, like, like those are the reasons that Howie's getting killed right now because those are a lot of picks that if he hit on a couple of them, we're in a better spot. Yeah, but but, but then keep going. <laughs> okay, Jalen Rager. Sucks. Like, bro, he's, he's, he's like, a, at this point, if they redrafted that draft, he's like a fifth-round pick. Yeah, so like that's it. That's a miss. You know, Jalen Hurts. Hopefully, is your Sorry. guy. Davion Taylor. Davion Taylor is is showing some flashes here or there. Kayvon Wallace can't stay on the field. Jack Driscoll is a good swing tackle. John Hightower is is what he is. Is Sean Bradley still on the team? I don't know, and no one cares, even our listeners. So, so let's but, wrap this. Let's wrap this up. <laughs> But John, like that's why I, I, I refrain to getting into it. We can get it offline. We can get into it, but I will not yeah, get let's into go it again. offline. That's why um, how he gets killed because he's made a lot of mistakes in the draft since winning the Super Bowl. Like he got a little too drunk, I think, after winning that Super Bowl and started believing his own hype and stopped being the humble dude to put together that Super Bowl team. And I really hope he can get that back because if he gets that back with all these picks that he's got, dude. You, if you can hit on two, two of the three of those first-round picks, the Eagles are a playoff team next year. Right, I, will, predictions real quick, I, then we I will say this. I will say this. We'll get into the predictions. Howie Roseman never got a fair shake even after he won a Super Bowl. And even if you go in any sort of chat room or, or, or watch tweets or go on Facebook Live when the, when the coach is up there, you'll get 90 people to say fire Howie Roseman even after the gentleman helped win a Super Bowl. That's what I'll say. Never got a fair shake before. Won a Super Bowl. Never got a fair shake after. I'm done. Eagles predictions. Eagles Man. lose 30 to 23. Typical, typical cold take. I, I think. And this year, I, 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 I predicted a Falcons win. I am five and one with my predictions to this point. I lost the Carolina prediction. Other than that, I'm five and one. So I need you need to check yourself. Eagles win 28 21. You didn't see that one coming. Nick Matt. Foles is up in Oakland this weekend, but what do you got, Matt? Eagles lose 28 17. Oh boy, you get embarrassed in Oakland or wow. Vegas. Eagles W 24 21. Oh Kick the field goal to win it. 
Who's a, who's a kicker? Not, don't say Jake Elliott. Not, that, that butt face. <laughs> Jake is automatic this year. He is. Yeah, I know. Jesse hasn't killed him yet this year. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting guessing, for that episode. Oh, I'm, wait for that. Uh, wait for that kick. <laughs> I'm guessing somebody pulled him aside and they're like, hey, bro, you miss another fucking pick or n- another kick. We're stuffing you in a fucking locker. No, they probably gave him episode like 58 to hear. And when you killed him for his contract, they were like, this guy's a forfeiter killing you, bro. You better get it, get it together. Well, we let, it. let's we be real. He wasn't earning. He wasn't earning that contract, so he was rightfully getting killed. Well, there's not many professional athletes that earn it year after year after year. That is true. Very true. <laughs> and with that said, ladies and gentlemen, give it to us, J Lo. Go birds.